Hello and welcome to the Nevermind Poly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. How are you all doing? How are you all living? I hope you're all doing well. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate you for checking out the show. I'm going to level with you guys. Um, This is one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Um, This is one of those moments when the podcast kind of like really, really seeps into my actual real life. Um, I'm sat down this week, this time around, with the excellent B motherfucking Dolan. Um, If you are unaware of who B Dolan is, he is an independent hip-hop rapper, screenwriter, Twitch streamer, just all-round fucking legend. And I love this man. This man is what I would describe as a genius. I think his music is absolutely incredible. Um, I in 2020 I sat down uh, with Sage Francis, which was one of the most surreal fucking things. Again, in 2023 I'm sat down with B Dolan, which is again is one of the most fucking surreal things. Um, I actually sent B an email back in March of this year, just like, hey man, if you want to ever come on the show, like feel free to you know drop me an email back and we'll get it sorted. And I didn't hear anything as I well expected because he's a busy man and whatnot um, until about three days ago when he just casually just dropped me an email back and was like, yeah, I'm game when when works for you. And we've been trying to thrash it out and stuff. And I'll be honest, up until he joined that Zoom call, I didn't think it was going to happen. And it did. And I got to spend an hour in his company via the medium of Zoom. And as I said, it's one of the best podcasts that we've ever done. It's going to go in the Hall of Fame of podcasts, um, uh, like the TPD episode, Mike Malin episode, so many really, really fantastic conversations, because B is a fantastic speaker, he speaks so openly, so freely, and he has been through a lot in the last three years. I'm not going to spoil it, you can listen to the podcast, but there's a fucking amazing story about when he played in Transylvania. Um, We talk about his spine surgery and how that all came about. We talk about kickstarting his uh, new album. Uh, we talk about him playing Edinburgh Fringe. We talk about so much stuff in this hour-long podcast. And like I said, it's just a fucking dream come true to sit down with people like B and, and just shoot the shit, basically. Um, and, you know, of all the times uh, when bands don't turn up and PR people are hard to nail down and it's kind of this, this podcast can sometimes feel like a slog, this is one of the moments where I'm like, I fucking love doing this, man. This is so sick, and I, like I say, I get to chat to my genuine musical heroes. So it's my absolute pleasure to bring you this conversation with B motherfucking Dolan on the Nevermind Poly podcast. That's it. We'll get to it. See you soon. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Nevermind Poly podcast. My name is Matt. I'm your host, and we ordinarily chat to rock and metal bands from around the world but you know what sometimes we break the mold with this podcast so i am talking to a musical hero of mine but before we go into all of that we've got rapper spoken artwork spoken word artist activist twitch streamer general all-round legend mr b dolan how are we doing sir how's things chilling feeling all right awesome how are you i'm good i'm very very good i've had a very chilled day i've just been at work uh, I've already done a podcast interview today, so I'm just, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling happy, and uh, yeah, life is good. Hopefully my cat doesn't make it too much of an, an appearance during I was going to say, I've just noticed your cat tower. It's a good looking cat tower. That's a well, that's a well taken care of cat. 
he's uh, he's currently asleep on the rug, literally underneath this table. But anyway, enough nice. about him. He gets enough airtime as it is. <laughs> Executive um, producer. Absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to say, first of all, as I've just done previous to start recording, uh, thank you, because I had uh, Sage on the podcast back in 2020, and I kind of reached out to yourself um, back in, I think it was March, and just said, hey, if you fancy coming on, like I'm a big fan, and all the rest of it, and kind of didn't expect nothing to come of it, and then the last couple of days, we've been back and forth via email to, to get this set up and done, so I want to say thank you, first and foremost, but before we get into all of those kind of things wanted to start off by chatting about the tour, which is called Modified Warrior, which is on sale now. How are you feeling ahead of the tour? What's the kind of mood like right now? It's intense. Uh, I'm uh, I'm finishing an album uh, composed of uh, over 20 songs that were written in the last three years. Um, and when I say finishing, I mean like it it's right up to the finish line. Like mm-hmm. I'm recording, I've got five songs left this week will probably be when I get most of that done. Yeah. Uh, but it's really, really final pieces time. So that's always a crazy emotional process. And this this batch of material is intensely emotional in its content because um, it deals with obviously everything that's happened since the pandemic and since the spinal surgery I had during the pandemic. Um, so I'm wrapping all that up. And at the same time, I'm getting ready to go on my first tour since 2019 um and since said surgery and the pandemic so it just everything's about to be real different and the same and uh yeah i don't know it's it's all the it's all the emotions for sure absolutely and um although the the obviously we're gonna speak about the spinal surgery and things but modified warrior is a great name for a tour just but just off the bat it was a great name for a tour but it's very literal in your sense so I, yeah. I, I wanted to kind of ask if we can, like, how, how have you been since obviously the surgery and everything? How did that all happen and what's been going on? Yeah, uh, well, it's a crazy story. I, um, due to the pandemic, I, I cut my tour short in 2019. I had kind of extensive plans for that year. I had just come back from uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans and I was planning on a UK tour uh, when COVID hit. And so Instead, I stayed home and uh, helped to homeschool my nephew, mm-hmm. who was in uh, second grade at the time. And then the summer happened. Uh, I started getting physical therapy treatment for numbness in these three fingers, which I actually developed on one of the last Epic Beard Mentors. Yeah. And just um, kind of was like, oh, that's weird. Can't feel these three fingers anymore. Uh, and when it wasn't like a stroke or anything immediate, I just kept kept touring and uh, came home. They treated it. They thought it was a nerve problem with my elbow and I, but I was in treatment for eight months. The treatment got shut, cut short because of COVID. And I was just home with my wife, uh, homeschooling our nephew in the fall. And she was like, man, your, your back is still weird. Your fingers are still weird. You should get an MRI. And when I did, they saw that I, I had basically collapsed vertebrae in my neck um, and then probably had had them for three to five years, been touring like that, which is the crazy part. And um, that it was pinching my spinal cord at the neck, which is where the numbness was happening. Um, and so there has been some permanent damage to my spinal cord. I had an emergency surgery given like two weeks notice. They were like, stop taking any medicine right now. We have to operate immediately or you're, you're risking like neck down paralysis right now. Um, they, and they, at the time they were like, most people with MRIs that look like this can't walk upstairs. Shit, we think your body is just kind of maximally compensating. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. like, uh, 
So yeah, uh, basically I have like a titanium rod now from like the second vertebrae in my neck down to between my shoulder blades. I'm fused. Um, and so I have uh, the lingering side effects of the spinal cord damage and a new, like I, I kind of, a new range of motion in my neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't do all the stuff it used to do, but uh, I'm able to walk and move and do all sorts of shit that uh, I almost wasn't able to do. So uh, it worked out all right. It was a very intense process, very intense recovery. It took two years uh, to, for the nerves to recover. Lots of physical therapy. Uh, I do yoga now. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a pose in yoga uh, called Warrior Two. Mm. And um, it involves uh, kind of like opening legs and arms while standing up and, uh, and turning your head in the direction of your fingers Mm -hmm. uh and so the yoga instructor uh who is also my physical therapist um was kind of shot and and was like well you're not going to be able to do this um but in yoga like we modify poses so Mm -hmm. you would do like a modified warrior and i was like oh word (laughs) i like that's cool (laughs) i'm gonna uh so yeah that's uh you know, the, the story of the whole process and recovery is very much like in this material and in this tour. Um, so yeah, that's the name that I gave it. I, I love that. And so I, I often joke, so I work in a pub, right? And I often joke when someone says something cool, I'm like, you should write that down. It's a good name for a band, right? Modified <laughs> yeah, Warrior yeah. is just a sick, one of those is like, you should write that down for an album or a band. That's just like, yeah, that's fucking sick. But one thing I did yeah. want to say is uh, modern medicine is fucking awesome. The fact that you can, you know, they they could manage to fix you like yeah, that man. because that's that's some scary shit. That's not that's no joke, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked to two surgeons at the time, mm. and um, the first dude was real nervous, and I could hear it in his voice. And he was just like, um, "Is you know, there's a five percent chance if I do something wrong, you will be paralyzed. Um, I'm going to go in through the front of your neck and move your vocal cords, which could result in a permanent change to your voice." Yeah. And uh, and then when I told him the name of the other dude I had been talking to, the student in Providence named Dr. Oyelesi, um, he was like, oh, yeah, go with him. <laughs> like, he almost oh, really? relieved, like, I don't want to do this fucking surgery. Go with that dude. And, uh, and he's like this world-renowned. Uh, but we had a circus accident in Providence years ago where some uh, high wire axe fell from the fucking high wire without a net and oh, hit shit. the ground. And this is the surgeon that reconstructed them. Um, and when I met that dude, he was just real relaxed yeah. and he was just like, ah, I'm going to go in through the back of your neck. It's going to be a longer recovery, but you, I'm not going to fuck with your voice. Um, and then he got to the end. And I was like, what, what about the 5% paralysis thing? He's like, nah. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck it out. You're, yeah. my, you're my guy. And he did that shit. Eight hour surgery. Yeah. Uh, and that's what he did that day. It's fucking I'm, crazy to me. That's the thing. It, it sounds like, you know, you know, when you take your car for like an MOT, and it's kind of like, oh, we're just going to do this, we should do that, like so flippantly. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it blows my mind for sure. <laughs> I re- he had a he had a vibe that I recognize in like accomplished musicians. You know, yeah, like yeah. when you meet it when you meet a young person who's trying to prove themselves, but they you feel like their emotions are up and down. When you meet 
a craftsman or practiced like a master. They're just like very chill and just like relaxed. Everything's, this is not hard for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I wanted to, and again, it's, it's such a, a big thing and it's a prevalent in all of our life, like the pandemic and stuff. And I kind of want to look at it and, and talk to you about kind of the creative side of it, because you're a creative person by your very nature, right? So when you're literally told you are not allowed to leave your house, you're in a physical location, you're not allowed to leave, how do you navigate that? Because again, regardless of the spinal surgery, how how the fuck do you like navigate that, you know? Yeah, I um, I I felt bad throughout because I I was like, I, I always knew about myself that I'm a real introvert. Like mm-hmm. some people claim to be introverts, mm-hmm. but act different. Um, I, I always knew about myself uh, as a kid, I was very much in isolation. I'm very comfortable in isolation. When I tour, that is a kind of isolation, even though every night you're with a crowd, the, all the in-between time you're very isolated and by yourself often. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in my own company, I, I have plenty to do and <laughs> I can uh, entertain myself forever. Um, it's almost a, da- a gift and a curse and a danger for me. But um, when it came time and it was like, stay in your house now, honestly, I didn't even get enough. I still haven't had enough. I yeah. I would stay here forever. <laughs> I mean, uh, especially after a, a decade on the road um, or over a decade um, since 2005, I'd been touring. I had spent so much time away from family, uh, missed like birthdays, death processes, uh, milestones and all this shit and uh, continually really missed my wife and my pets even. Um, And so someone just telling me, hey, B, whoa, I did that and pulled some string out of my pocket. That was like a fucking magic trick. Um, Love that. (laughs) Somebody telling me like, hey, B, you got to stay home for three years now was like, okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. (laughs) And I, I dug really into my craft and working on things and, and like tore it all down, built it back up again. As I was going through the recovery process, I got to just nerd out on songwriting structure and um, all this stuff that I, I really care about and enjoy. And at a certain point I was like, damn, I think this is the important part. And I think the live music thing was sort of just to enable this part. And, um, I had to kind of shift the way I present what the things I make. So I, I focused really heavily on Patreon and I got really into Twitch and I, I was able to find my audience that cared about what I was doing, um, which was kind of ideal and is still kind of ideal. The, the heading out on the road thing is, you know, it's, it's creatively fulfilling, but it's also a necessity and it's also extremely convoluted and complicated and yeah. caught up in industry and um, changing, you know, relationships. And like every industry, it's, it's being fucked with by major corporations and yeah. getting harder and harder to be working class in the world of live music or as a musician or creative person in general. Um but so, you know, I've been navigating all those changes, but the staying home part, that shit was, was easy. I, I can, I can be as inspired as at home as I am seeing a new city every day. Absolutely. 
I love that. That's that's the thing as well. Like I um, it's something that I find a kind of almost like I'm kind of almost envious of yourself because I have got like the most fucking ADHD brain. Like I'll I'll start something. This podcast started in in pan, in the during the pandemic, and it's the best thing I ever did because we're now three years in. And it's kind of like, it's consistently like a thing that I always go to and I focus on. Otherwise, like, I'll start reading a book. I'll read it for like two or three days. I'll put it down, never touch it again. I'll start like a Netflix thing and I'll watch it <laughs> and then I'll never watch it again. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like being able, like say, oh, even when the pandemic was kind of kicking off, like we, I was working in an office and an office job and they said, oh, well, like, we'll start working from home. And I remember distinctly going, oh, I'll see you in like, you know, a week or whatever, a couple of weeks. And like literally like a year later, I ended up losing that job being made redundant. I never saw those people ever again. And it was kind of like this mental fucking thing. But um, yeah. that, that's the thing. Talking about songcraft, um, I don't use the word genius very often. And I don't throw it around very lightly. But you, sir, are a genius when it comes to songwriting. In my humble one man's opinion. Um, right. So I wanted to kind of touch on and talk about how you go from an idea of a song, like a tiny seed of a song, to how it becomes a, a beautiful flower. How does that all work for you? Uh, it's worked. It's worked different at different times in my life, but um, at the moment, I, I, I got um, very into screenwriting at a certain mm. point, and um, I, I've written a bunch of screenplays. It's even more since the pandemic, and I, when I didn't have access to my recording studio, and I was literally like in a in a chair confined to that chair for about six weeks. I um, kind of put myself through like a little film writing course and yeah, read sure. a whole bunch of books and got dug really deep into the three act structure of most movies and how, how that all comes about and like, um, and seeing it kind of broken down into math mm. somehow just just uh, made a ton of sense to me at that time. And um, so then I, when I got this studio that I'm in now built, which is in my backyard, um, I kind of came back to music the same way. And I, I guess this had been this had been starting before the pandemic, but I was this is the thing I was able to just really like tunnel in. Whereas in years past, it would have been a deadline coming up for some tour we were trying to get ready for, or you're kind of always on this treadmill of booking and going and coming back in studio and stage. And um, so to just be in the studio and to just have the time to focus on music and writing was great. And I've got a, I don't think you can see it, but there's a DJ set up behind me. Um, that I that I set up in here and I DJ on Twitch sometimes, but it's also part of how the production uh, workflow goes in here now. Mm-hmm. And so having some DJ practice, weirdly enough, got me thinking about music in a different way. For sure. um, and so that that structure shit on this new record, like there's there's songs that I I drew a like a graph of by bar Mm -hmm. uh and and purely just started out with math and it was i'd never done that before and it was such a fun approach and it it helped me organize things and i think it it helped me like deliver the impact of lines more um because years ago i think i was like an inspired amateur and I was almost afraid to gain more musical knowledge. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to fuck with my own head. I'm going to ruin the special something I have. Um, 
but the more the more I learned about the other disciplines, you know, like who's who's recording you, like what's the mix engineer listening for? What's the producer listening for? Like, don't just think like you're a writer. Think like you're music. Think you like you're a drummer. Think like you're an instrument. Um, and the more I dug into stuff like that, it changed the way I wrote and the way I heard mm. music. Um, and yeah, some of some of those little diagrams, I have them around here. I gotta like save yeah. them, especially the ones that became songs. But it was like I would start with like a main idea. There's a song, I think it's gonna be our first single, it's called The Rock Cried Out. Mm. And I wanted to write a song from the perspective of a rock. Okay. And uh, uh and I knew that I, I I liked the line from the Nina Simone song, Sinner Man. Yeah. Um, where she says the rock cried out, I can't hide you. And uh, so I originally I tried to sample Sinner Man, and that that was weird, and it's a bad idea to fucking sample Sinner Man anyway. <laughs> and then then, uh, then I happened to get a beat from uh, these cats, Widowmaker, that fit I thought with the idea. So it, you know the song concept goes over here, and then sometimes there's just lots of writing that comes before it's even in rap form, mm-hmm. um, and that just gets like written out of like here's the shit I think about this rock, here's what I think this rock has to say, here's all the you know yeah. impressions I get or things I think are cool about this idea and then the the structure thing became like how long is this song how long do I think it should be working backwards from that how long will the verses be working backwards from that where's the middle of the song mm-hmm. okay like maybe a central idea kind of turns here and this idea of like turning I got from movies yeah. which is like you know like you come into a scene thinking one thing's going to happen and there's a turn like you leave the scene in a new place kind of um, so thinking about literally like two to four bar sections as scenes and, you know, like I was able to just fit this little movie in this two minute and 50 second song um, in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do before. I think I would have, or if I would have, I would have just banged my head against the fucking wall for like way longer trying to figure out how to make it work and why does it feel too bunched up here? And why does it feel? Um, so that, that is what I've been doing lately and having lots of fun with. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's I think that's perfect because, like you say, um, like uh, when you watch a film, it is a story for the majority, and it's a linear story for a lot of the time. You know, there is obviously things that fuck with that rule, but generally speaking, it's a linear, linear thing. And I think when I think of like the the hip hop that I like and the rap that I like, it's telling a story. It's a linear thing about what what may or may not be. Uh, real or, or from personal experience or whatever it's telling a, a story through through the words and things in the beat so that makes perfect sense do you kind of uh kind of approach things differently when writing screenplays and kind of like you said during the pandemic and stuff you're obviously like wanting to you know do different things being a creative person how how did all that come about in the screenwriting screenwriting came about uh years ago as just like a, a gig um when i was trying to make my very first record uh, in 2008 i was approached by an independent film company here in rhode island that offered me like two thousand dollars to write a horror movie oh amazing uh and so i knocked it out real fast like not really expecting anything to come of it and then they made it oh, amazing. and it exists it's called almost mercy and it was a low budget thing uh the same company a couple years later hired me to write uh this movie vault uh along with the director uh tom Danucci, and um so that was another like film credit that happened and got some major stars in it, got distributed by Lionsgate and all that. So I've got some, and I did the score also. So I've got like an IMDb page and uh, some screenwriting experience, but 
uh, I had never tried to create a spec screenplay from scratch or just uh, kind of like try that route of things out. And I decided to do it for real while, again, the studio wasn't being built mm-hmm. yet. And uh, so I was just kind of working out ideas. And I mean, poetry and movies, very different. I, when I say hip hop or think about hip hop, I kind of think of it on the poetic side yeah, of course. and na- narrative stories on the other side. But uh, that's not to say that there's, there's always been tons of characters in my music. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm even most comfortable expressing an idea through a character or a story or a dominant metaphor or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if the approach is, is totally different, but the, 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 uh, they're just different exercises. I think I, sometimes I think all writing is the same. Like that, yeah. that, that's kind of been my approach over the course of my whole career. I've taken all sorts of writing gigs, especially when I was young and broke. Um, I, or when we did the no more.org project with Sage, I worked as a journalist that sure. year and I learned how to write that way. Yeah. Um, so, and to me, it's all, it's all the same craft. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just applying yourself differently to different things that you need. That That's perfect. I love that. So um, one thing I do want to touch on is we touched on it earlier uh, and that is Twitch because, uh, and kind of Patreon and kind of how, you kind of used um, your platform to kind of really engage in with your fan base because you know when you look at the likes of Meta and Facebook and Instagram all those kind of things they kind of like they suck the life out of it and they're like oh you've got to pay for ads and all this kind of bullshit right and I'm not saying that Twitch is completely faultless but the thing is like they can literally like I could log on to Twitch and watch you play games watch you mix your music whatever it may be you're doing on there so like I started this during during the uh, during the pandemic, like a lot of people. But then, as soon as I could go outside, I was like, "Oh fuck, let's go outside." You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, as you as you mentioned, being an introvert and things, that that's that's kind of cool. And you've kind of managed to to cultivate a really like engaged audience, which is hard to do on a platform with so many creators. But also, they're your fans, and they're like, "This is fucking sick." We get to watch B do his shit. You know how how yeah. is that kind of community and things? Yeah, it um it started in a kind of odd way. Um, I mean, the, the Patreon thing was a separate, you know, idea that we had been floating the idea of doing it before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened and all live music was shut down, it was like, oh, this is going to be the only source of income now. Um, yeah. And as everybody knows, like streaming, streaming music pays pennies to artists, unfortunately. And um, it's no one label or artist's fault. It's, yeah. uh, you know, what everybody creative is fighting against right now. Um but the Twitch thing happened as a result of hanging out with my nephew a lot mm-hmm. while we were in quarantine. So we would hang out on Discord and play Minecraft. Sure. And um, so I started doing some Twitch streams and just to show off our Minecraft world. And I had been building this concert venue uh, that me and my seven-year-old nephew at the time had been hanging out in. Yeah. And... Uh, my Patreon supporters were the ones who were like, you should do a show in there. And I was like, all right, well, if we hit, you know, a hundred Patreon followers, we'll do a Minecraft show. And when we did, the thing had kind of already snowballed to the point where like other people were in this Minecraft world building with us and making more venues. And it became like a festival. We had Kimia Dawson on it and wheelchair sports camp and Rob Sonic, Mega Rand, Samus, that, that first one we did during lockdown was really, really special. And 
basically the artists recorded all their sets. We put the concert together. We broadcast it on Twitch along with one person's like POV view of it inside Minecraft. And then if you had Minecraft, you could log in and be inside this venue with everybody. And this is at a time when no one was allowed in live music venues. Mm. And it was so bizarre. It was like to, uh, to be on stage stage and yeah, yeah. like look you know like looking at my computer monitor all these faces and names and uh kind of avatars like jumping up and down in a uh, <laughs> minecraft concert it was beautiful i like i i think i cried at some point and many people have come up to me and just been like that was one of the most special concerts of my life and it's real strange that it happened in minecraft but like thank you um yeah and then sure. we did more yeah uh and yeah, we, we did a big benefit for the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers that had even more bands on it. It was like a two-day thing. Um, so that became a thing we did over that time. And then separately, since the pandemic, I've just kind of kept doing it because it's a fun way to just like check in every week. Uh, it's not as formal, I think, as a podcast, where a podcast, I would feel the pressure to like edit it all together and make sense and, <laughs> and yeah, have yeah. it be an enjoyable encapsulated listen. Twitch is much more of a, I'm sitting here talking shit with my friends kind of yeah, for sure. vibe, which does also spill into some deep shit with all sorts of, you know, like cool shit happens just yesterday. Uh, this streamer from the UK called Big Taft Man uh, did a marathon stream for dementia uk and raised uh, over four thousand pounds scrubius pip was part of that um just hanging out yeah, and sure. raising money all day uh and that you know he t- t- talking about his grandmother who passed and um it, it is a weirdly intimate uh form of communication because the same people tend to come back yeah. week to week and you start to have a personal inside joke <laughs> language yeah, yeah. with them and uh yeah I've I've enjoyed it a lot. That that's the thing. I found myself watching it too. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. So d- during like the the twenty 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 one, like I I binged so much Twitch, and my 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 younger brother is like two years younger than me. He is relentlessly done for like maybe like ten, like maybe eight, seven, eight years, something like that on Twitch, and just ground and ground and ground, and like he loves yeah. it. And like I was like, oh, I want to piece this because you know, again, we can't go out. We I, I like playing video games, so I was right. like, I'm gonna do a bit of this. And then literally like six months after it all kind of uh, got reopened, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to play games. So I'm a rubbish gamer. Are you, are you a half decent gamer? Not not really. No, (laughs) in fact, Minecraft was the first game I had played since being a child. That's not true. Uh, Maybe I was in my twenties. I think I played Final Fantasy X or something like that. I was never like a hardcore gamer, but mm. I, I, you know, I, I had a Nintendo. I, I had like a couple games along the line, um, and I was with it up to a point, and then I was like, "This is becoming too much. This is taking over my life." I yeah, was trying sure. to to start touring at that time, so I was trying to get my shit together, make my first album, and I was like, "No more video games." And then that was until my, until Minecraft, and I needed a way to kick it with my nephew absolutely um and yeah now i just play whatever my the, the twitch community is playing uh so i've been playing dead by daylight lately That's and a great I'm, game. yeah i'm trash i'm trash at all these fucking games <laughs> but uh i think part of the fun is watching me just yell like fuck 
literally (laughs) (laughs) i I think i think a common theme as well with twitch streamers is trying to get them to play like the most horrible horror game and watch them just get shit scared because i don't know there's something like quite amusing about someone you're watching and they're just absolutely cacking their pants the whole time i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. i i I played uh the game dead space and Mm. i was uh i went into it because i had seen uh someone else playing a horror game and i was like i wonder if i could be scared as an adult by a horror game yeah and uh like a couple streams into dead space there's there's a clip somewhere of me getting like a full-on like jump scare on camera <laughs> you know and like seeing yeah. i saw a look on my face that i haven't seen in a lot of years and like that's a real that's a truly scared me <laughs> i love that um to kind of bring it back bring it back around to music um obviously you are doing the edinburgh fringe which is your third time if i got that correct edinburgh fringe yes. Yeah, oh, I seem to have I'm lost your. Gonna, I seem to have. Oh, you're yeah, back. That's cool. There we go. The camera th- just likes to do that every once in a while. It's all good. Um, yeah. How, how are you? How are you excited for the Fringe? And I've I've never been to the Fringe, but I've been to Edinburgh, and Edinburgh is lovely, and I'm wanting to go uh, at some point. But yeah, yeah, I love Edinburgh, and the Fringe is a really special opportunity for a performer um, mm-hmm. because it's it's super rare that you would just get to play nine nights in the same city, or I think I'm doing six this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a run of shows where people will come back to multiple shows and expect the show to change. Yeah. Um, that is is such a great opportunity for someone who just wants to work something out on stage. Mm-hmm. And w- the way it all lined up with me doing six fringe dates and then moving into the UK club dates mm-hmm. is really perfect for me because I, because of everything that transpired since the last time I was on tour. I I physically don't feel like the same person. I don't don't move the same. I don't think the same about some shit. Um, and so I, in the midst of it all, was just imagining going back and doing the same B Dolan set and just as something very not creatively in sync with where I was at. And I I wanted to come back once I had all this new material and it's ready now, but it's never, it's all never been performed. There's a ton of new stuff and it's so much. It's like, I've never had an album be this long. Um, And I could probably just perform this album and nothing else. And that would be too much for the fringe because the fringe show is only an hour. So I'm instead going to be attempting to like weave in past material with new material and tell the story of what's gone on in my life in some way. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I'm, I've always been jealous of the way stand up comedians, some of them can just like get on stage and just try to work out the set yeah, <laughs> that I, sure. I hear, I hear comedians talk about that and I'm like, that sounds fucking cool. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I, I have, I have enough control over my music and I'm going to bring a projector for the first time. Yeah. I think you can actually see the test sheet back there. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but in terms of the, the talking part and I've, I've been talking in such a conversational way on Twitch, I think also, it makes me want to do that with an audience rather than just kind of come out and just do the same old like hip hop, hip hop, hands yeah, in the air, hands in the air yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I will do some of that too, but um, I also just want to like f- verbally interact with the human beings in the room. That yeah. feels so novel 
to me yeah. right now <laughs> that uh, I think the the in between the songs parts are going to be some of what's really interesting. So the fringe is a good place to work that out too. There's lots of room for spoken word and expectations of like comedy style performances. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting mashup that I'm going to be. It's going to be pre-planned and structured because mm. uh, I'm into structure now. But it's also going to be like evolving, which I'm excited about. Absolutely, and that, that's the thing as well. Like whenever, whenever you see like a band and like you know, or or an artist, and people have got their phones in the air, and I love when when an artist just goes, "I'm literally right here. I can like <laughs> hello, like and then and then people are like, oh, oh shit, like so. I just I love the idea of you just going up there and being like, right, this is uh, film the police. This is this, this and that, and then also just doing like a five minute run of stand up. Like I just love the idea. <laughs> yeah, I think I want to. I think I want to deconstruct it a little before building it back up again. I think For that's sure. what I what I want to do um, because. Yeah, the 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 idea of performing in this new body is is still kind of a question mark in my mind. Like, I don't know how that's going to go. This this run of shows uh, is the is the first I will be trying to do multiple like five or six dates in a row, and then take a day off, and then do five or six more, and be in vehicles and planes and trains and shit again. Um, so that part is going to be kind of like we'll see yeah, <laughs> I got, you know i'm gonna have, i'm gonna have multiple plans i guess for for how that can work um but i mean everyone's generally optimistic and enthusiastic i'm just like well fucking see like <laughs> physical therapist ain't never been on tour with me before she seems to think it's cool all right uh but there, you know, like I, I also performed in an extremely physical way, and I toured in an extremely physical way. Yeah. Um, so I was my own merch person. I was hauling boxes up and down stairs. I was, I, I for a period of time, I there was one song in the set where I would just grab a kid, um, usually a guy in the front row, by the scruff of his. Sh- t-shirt and lift him off his feet into the air (laughs) like shit like that you know like that's just not it's i have to have a new performance style and a new approach to my own physicality on stage um so that is that and that doesn't necessarily like bum me out or anything that if anything that kind of makes me curious and sort of like in a creative way of like Oh, okay. Well, like I, I know how to complete this game on easy mode. <laughs> Let, let's see if I can go advanced player mode now. Like, let's see, or let you know, let's see what this, how this body moves uh, while performing. So, yeah, the uh, the opportunity to like explore some of that, the opportunity to not just have to do like, you know, I, I and and I, I've done a show where I know I can do like a sixty-minute hands in the air yeah, thing if that's sure. if that's what we want to do. But I also think like these crowds haven't seen me in three years. They know the deal. They know I've been through some crazy shit, and my my audience and me have always had such a personal connection at the merch booth and shit. Yeah. I've been out there like talking to people I know, certain faces and names I I've known for decades now. Yeah. Um, that there is an element of just like. I want to, you know, I'll probably look at the front row and sometimes be like, yo, <laughs> how the fuck you been? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and with, with genuine curiosity, like we can have a conversation right then and then I'll do the next song and I'll, you know, uh, but yeah, I am, uh, I'm, this is just me in public again also. Absolutely. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> 
Well, that that's the thing. I, I can I can attest to you being a, a fucking a one man operation in that respect because I um I've been to see you uh, on. Oh, you were actually supporting Sage. This was twenty seventeen, I want to say, um, and it was the London date. And it was one of just those fucking mental things, which again, like to clarify, I, I tried to uh, say this on the podcast, humans are humans, whether they're musicians, they're actors, whatever, they're just people like your good self. And it was kind of, I walked in the venue and there was just you two just standing there at the merch brief, just selling your own merch. <laughs> and I was like, da, 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 fuck? Like, do you know what I mean? So like, that's, yeah. that's so, and um, yeah, like we, we met, you, you, I bought a CD if you signed it for me and all the rest of it. And like, it's just kind of like, and then you're on stage just fucking smashing it. And I'm just like, this is so fucking cool. Like, and I'm just taking a minute internally to be like, this right now is fucking cool. Like, <laughs> so it, 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 yeah. it's, re- it's really nice that you kind of like, you take a minute because in the world, because again, like this uh, podcast is kind of based in, in rock and metal and things like that. That's what I predominantly listen to. But also you are a fucking hero of mine. So like, so when people, when I see like meet and greets, right? Paid meet and greets and people will be like, and I get it. Artists need to make money. I get it. But also, yeah, I'm when doing you, some of those. Fair, fair. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But also, you're just there, just at the merch booth. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You're a real, you're a real person in that respect. And sometimes you see these big, massive fucking superstars, and you think, oh, they're like unattainable. If that makes sense. Yeah, and and you know, I, I've like I've, I've seen both sides of it, and I'm, I'm jokingly mentioned, but we are selling VIP tickets. Yeah, for cool. all these shows. Yeah, for um, sure. But the reason is I've never done it before, and this is the first tour I've been like, you know, that merch booth thing, <laughs> that's probably, it might be done. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. And again, like I said, like, I don't know what the performance and the travel is going to do to me. I hope that I've got extra fuel to burn in the tank at the end of the night in terms of just physically standing up, yeah, of course. signing things. I mean, but. Uh, and uh, and also people get physical. I'm a little bit like there's gonna be some drunk motherfucker that's gonna throw his arm around yeah. my neck, and I'm gonna be like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that's how we did it, and whether or not that was advisable to do it that way, I don't know. I don't know if I would tell young me to do that that way again. Yeah. But um, the 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 reality that was like manifest there was, um there there is nobody behind the curtain like mm-hmm. it's me it's yeah. uh, it was us mm-hmm. it was three of us it was two and and we were able to create something that uh, you know the, a stage show that could fill the scala in london and rock the fuck out of that crowd like um with just a few of us and uh that's the nature of diy music uh, everywhere. I mean, rock as well. I've yeah. toured with hardcore and emo bands and uh, played punk shows and we're always immediately received like, you're one of us. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and I think it's that like community of working class musicians. And that that's why I go so hard and talk so much shit about Spotify and unions for musicians and um and all of it because often even people perceive you as being a success because they see you touring overseas or they see your album release and the cover looks really beautiful and they see it whatever they see a feature in a magazine and they're like oh they made it i want that i want to do that but in reality most of the time when you scratch the surface that's a working class person Mm -hmm. and uh i was seeing it like the bear 
I don't know if you, you've watched the show yet. The bear has been kicking my ass. Oh my God. It's so fucking good. Everyone's been talking about it over here and lots of people recommend it to me. I'm like, yeah, I see it. The bear, the bear. And it's fucking, it's it's as good as it. See it. Strong recommendation. I shall. Um, But then, you know, I see the fucking writer on that show on Instagram yesterday talking about how he was living below the poverty line while he was writing on that show. Yeah. And it's like that, Cat's probably going to get a fucking Emmy and it's deserved. But like, why does he live below the poverty line? Like why, you know, is he being exploited in this way? And music is an exploitive and just exploitative industry. Um, so we, it was us against Goliath and we were just like, we will fucking carry the merch in our suitcase. I did tours where I, I hopped on the bus with a bigger band and they were, would be amazed when they would just drop me off on a sidewalk in Paris with the roller bag. I'd just be like, all right, see you, see you in two, two days in fucking Berlin. I'll be there. Uh, yeah, we did it hella DIY. Um, came with benefits and setbacks. Absolutely. I think that's the thing as well. If you can, if, if you kind of know the most plausible way as a fan, right? Because again, we, I think, I think the majority of, of music fans, whatever the genre, know that Spotify are pretty scummy. And that's putting it very politely. Do you know what I mean? Like nine ninety nine for everything that's ever existed and ever will exist yeah. is not a fucking, right. you know. So right. Something's what, being undervalued, yeah. Yeah, literally. What is, what is yeah. the best way to physically put money, say, in your pocket? in terms of like supporting you as an artist right now patreon is the best because it provides a, a sustainable known income month mm-hmm. to month for me so for sure. i offer lots of perks and exclusives there people sign up for anywhere from five dollars a month to uh fifty dollars a month anything over 35 dollars a month gets you like quarterly merch sent to you and that doesn't go out anywhere else so that's like there there's there's perks i'm able to provide more and it's dope because i need to be accountable now to to those people yeah like i used to be accountable to a record label that gave me an advance or some other arbitrary deadline it's like no now you're just accountable to your most hardcore fans um and so that's dope and then bandcamp is the other one that's been great in terms of a streaming service and they have the ability to like make playlists, do all the things Spotify can do. But when you buy my music there, I get like a significant chunk of that purchase. But for the rest of the streaming platforms, it's, it's a wider industry wide problem. And I'm, I'm happy if people are discovering my music and enjoying my music. I also incentivize people to go to Bandcamp because my whole, it's the only place my whole discography is Mm -hmm. only certain stuff is on the other ones. Um, But collectively i mean they don't pay shit youtube pays even less than spotify pandora pay. there's no there's no yeah. good option in turn other than Bandcamp. yeah absolutely and, and it's something that i've seen a lot of bands and stuff that literally just have a tip jar just at the merch table and, and I, again that that shouldn't be that way inclined do you know what i mean i mean i will <laughs> yeah. always if i can afford it to stick some money in but at the same time when like you say a touring international artist has to you know what i mean it's, it's just fucking stupid and not right in my opinion but uh yeah one thing I did want to touch on is the Kickstarter because that yeah. is essentially how this whole record that will come out when it comes out, when it's ready, it is going to be. And that is purely uh, fan-driven, fan-bought, fan-sorted. Is that is that correct? 
Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Patreon was sort of what hipped me to like, oh man, this is something I was afraid of for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so was Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, and I, I, as an artist, I was like trying to I, maybe protect some mystique mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe I think the bands that I w- thought of as successful as a youth, they didn't need a Kickstarter or Patreon, but it's, you know, the music industry has changed a lot. Every industry has changed a lot. Yeah. And by by having that relationship with the Patreon folks, it, it was sort of like, well, I've got I've got to give you some exclusives now. I'm working on new music, so I'm going to show you my demos. Mm-hmm. Don't leak them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. nobody leaked them, and it was cool. And it was, and in fact, I had a little kind of like group of my my most hardcore fans who got to hear the shit early and were like, we love this. Oh, this song's fucking dope. Yeah. So it was it got me excited and and it became this kind of like little feedback loop of like, oh, you, you know, immediate gratification for me. Mm-hmm. I get good feedback on my shit, you know, yeah. and uh, and for you, you get to hear a more finished demo than I ever used to make. I used to kind of make demos that were sort of like one verse, one chorus, and then like, okay, I'll come back to that later and finish that song. Whereas now I was kind of like, let me really finish it. Cause in my head, it, there's this thing of like, when I he- let other people hear it, I know you might like what you hear. And I want, I want you to hear my whole idea. Uh, I got, I got into this habit of making more advanced sounding demos. Yeah. So then all of a sudden I just had 20 great sounding demos and was like, you know what? Um, let's, let's try this Kickstarter thing. We had done a couple of band camp vinyl campaigns and people f- same way kind of crowdsourced vinyl pressings of my first album that had never existed before. And my mixtape collection got pressed to vinyl. Um, so after the success of that, it was like, why not uh, raise the funds to produce this album and, and do, you know, pay the session musicians, pay the graphic designers, do some videos and, and make it exist. Um, and yeah, folks shattered the goal by like 300%. And yeah, yeah I've been making the album since and it's just about to be finished. Amazing stuff. That must be like really gratifying as well because that's the thing. Like, you know, sometimes I'll do this podcast and I'll have conversations with these fucking brilliant artists and things. And then I'll see the numbers and the numbers are very black and white, right? So it's kind of like, but then I'll go to like a festival and someone goes, hey, I like your podcast. And that's like, cool i'm you're a person you are a number yeah. like you you are you are like one person out of those many people do you know what i mean so like it, yeah. it must be nice to kind of go oh people do still care because that's the thing the pandemic kind of put like a, a weird time frame on things i'll see someone i haven't seen who i think i haven't seen in a couple of months i've not seen them in four years do you know what I mean? because of the pandemic <laughs> yeah. and i'm like yeah i've been like oh what, 2018 oh fucking hell like do you know what i mean or whatever you know yeah so yeah. It, it must be really nice yeah, it definitely was very sustaining in a in a literal sense and a figurative sense, figurative sense. Because I I would have been in a lot of trouble if not for Patreon, and it turned into this community of people who encouraged me and who I encourage, and uh, who I hang out with on the internet Absolutely. at least once a week. I love that. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of final questions before I, I let you on your way, and I'm so yeah. thankful for your time. Um, and one of which is you've been touring for years you've been to so many places you've met so many people where is the strangest or weirdest place you've ever played a show damn um transylvania got pretty weird i mean that is that's an that's an incredible start babe. that's an incredible <laughs> start i can't lie <laughs> yeah i um 
I wanted to go because it was Transylvania, to be honest with you. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and I have a song about a vampire hunter, and I wanted to do it in Transylvania. And uh, I've always been really interested in Vlad the Impaler, and I wanted to go see that shit. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, Czech promoter booked me a show there. I don't remember, remember what year this was, but I was um, in my set. I was covering this LL Cool J song mm -hmm. called You Can't Dance. Yeah. And it was kind of the break in my show, especially because I do a lot of like really heavy, really political music. Mm. I would always kind of have some sort of unexpected uh, kind of theatrical moment in my set where some weird shit would happen. I yeah. always liked to keep that element in there. And so this was, uh, I would invite uh, a crowd member who said they could dance. First of all, when I would do it overseas and especially in countries where people didn't speak a lot of English and I could sense that in the room, I would just play up the bad guy wrestler yeah. uh, persona and it would be, it would be specifically very pro-American. Sure. So I would be, I would just be going like USA number one, yeah, yeah, Taco yeah. Bell, Burger King, George <laughs> Bush. You're welcome. <laughs> and just say, just be a piece of shit. And uh, I'll be like, we have the best rappers. We have the best dancers. And usually that would be enough to piss somebody off to like, they'd be like, Oh, this cat can dance right here. Yeah. So that happened. I call that person up and I would have a dance battle with them. Sorry, I have streamer nose. We talk so about good. this. So good. Um, <laughs> and I would do <laughs> I would do a dance battle with them and and usually they were a great dancer and I'm a pretty shitty dancer, so it was kind of comedic and I would I would fuck with them and then it would be over. So the Transylvania show was real hype. We had that moment. Then I played Which Side Are You On, which has a lyric about men harassing women in the front row. I saw this dude at that moment harassing a young woman in the front row oh, and i pointed him out as i said the line yeah. and a number of people around him said the line to him at the same time and he suddenly was just like what the fuck and got weirded out and left that part of the crowd yeah so then later in the night i'm at the merch table and by the way i'm alone Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm in Romania and I have a knapsack that has like 10,000 euros in it that I'm just keeping on my person because I'm just traveling like this till I get to the next bank. And I'm at the merch table working and I see these same dudes from the crowd kicking off and they're getting very aggressive and they're yelling about USA number one over and over again like they're really pissed about it. Yeah. So I'm trying to communicate to this dude. I'm like, it's, it's a joke, man. It's, it's, it's not, you know, and, but there's a significant language barrier Yeah. and, and I'm trying to make it right. And then he, I think he took a, he took a CD off the table and he cracked it in half. And, and just then a bouncer saw him jumped on him and his friends started kicking off and then yeah. they all got like, quickly escorted out of the club yeah. and when the dude came back in he was like i'm very sorry i'm very sorry we have a problem uh with young islamist militants here in the uh, city they were very upset with you <laughs> and i was like oh shit that was fucking al-qaeda and i was on stage going like usa number one are you fucking kidding like uh and then and then i just had to like get out of town with my fucking backpack you know full of cash it was a tense situation was like, uh, and that was transylvania Fucking hell. I mean, I was expecting it to be like actual vampires, but you've just gone the complete opposite no, way. No, no. Fucking no. hell. That's mad. Yeah. <laughs> Should have worn a garlic necklace or something. I don't know. Absolutely. 
Um, is there anything that you've done? You've done so much in your career. Is there anything you haven't ticked off your bucket list yet that you'd like to? I want to go to Japan. You didn't mention that's Japan. More, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, imagine that would probably be not happen for you. But fair, that's amazing. I've never yeah. been to Japan either, but I would love to. Yeah, there was an era where underground hip hop was going to Japan a lot, and yeah. I was always like, I'm gonna go to Japan. I'm I'm gonna check out what the fucking situation is in japan i've heard there's crazy records out there and yeah i've always been curious about the scene but i mean that's a i, I don't know the bucket list i'm doing all right yeah there's a yeah there's a there's an african musician named tumani diabate who i've always kind of wanted to do a song with but it'll be okay if none of these things happen he, I'm feeling pretty he, uh, good. He's he's a he's a regular <laughs> listener of the show. I'm sure. I mean, I'd I'd love that that'd be the medium that that happens. That he just listens to this <laughs> yeah. podcast and you are yeah. like, oh, there, I'll sort it. Tag him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got I've got a couple of final questions. Uh, one of which I asked every guest in in 2023, and you've kind of the more you kind of buy into the question, the better the answer, right? So you can have a little yeah. bit have a bit of fun with it, right? So. Sure. And I, I normally make the joke about Spotify, but I'm going to bin off Spotify because fuck Spotify. But let's bin them off. Yeah, absolutely. So when I am a massive podcaster, right, and I've got a big fucking Patreon page, and Patreon mm-hmm. are going to pay for me to do my own dream festival, right? Mm-hmm. And you are booked for said festival because you've appeared on the show along with every guest who's been at the been on the podcast, and um. What I want to know is you have no financial limitations. You have no logistical limitations. What would you like to add to your rider of the show? <laughs> to my rider? I didn't think that's where the question was going. Yeah. So oh, the, the rider. Huh. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a bit of a like uh, a, bit, a couple of people who have been on, right? So I had um, the guitarist and the vocalist of Therapy. He said he just wants clean underwear and clean socks. I mean, that's probably yes. the most basic that we've been. Yeah. We've gone all that's the way. A good, uh, that's smart. Absolutely. There's a, a metal band um, who the drummer said to me he wants a full, like, RC monster truck set up, like, at the festival. So, like, you've got, like, either end of the spectrum. And then, like, we, I spoke to, before I spoke to you, there was a, uh, I spoke to a Norwegian man who said he wants a specific brand of norwegian like energy drink so you can go like you can really nail down what you want so what would you like to add yeah all right i'm gonna need <laughs> i love that you just let it go i'm gonna need <laughs> just brace yourself <laughs> you're gonna need to get a helicopter landing pad on the roof okay because i don't want to drive i'm not driving in i'm not taking a fucking hovercraft or a taxi i want to be flown in mm-hmm. i want to land gently on the roof yep uh let's say 60 minutes before stage time mm-hmm. uh golf cart <clears throat> golf yeah. cart me down to the to the dressing room masseuse massage table yeah don't go too heavy on the candles or the fucking the incense or the aromatherapy whatever the fuck you're doing just have her be a, a capable masseuse yeah. she's don't not one that's got something to prove she doesn't have to fucking hurt me just somebody who will touch me in a calm gentle way uh then i'll go out do the set come off stage maybe just a little ice bath i don't know Mm -hmm. maybe masseuse again who knows hot water some some sort of treatment yeah what i would actually like you know the volcanic uh 
the thermal the geothermal joints in Iceland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those aren't movable, but <clears throat> they are in this world. It's all good. We can yeah, move them. Okay. <laughs> Give me one of those. Give me some of that geothermal shit that I can just rest in with lots of minerals, replenish my shit. Wrap me in a warm towel, put me in the golf cart, get me back up to the chopper, get me the fuck out of there. Yeah, all right, so I'm going to say this, right? So I'm asking, I don't know if I'm going to bin that question <laughs> off in 2024. If I do, you've completed the question. Like, you have fully, like, understood the brief of the question and completed That's it. That's it. Love it. I want to be swaddled. I want to be swaddled like a fucking baby and just, <laughs> just gently placed into the show and gently removed. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Um, I, I do. I do just want to quickly ask as well. Um, what is kind of like your mood before hitting a stage? So, so you said in a half an hour to an hour before stage. What's kind of going through your head before you? Just as a curious aside. Um, not much, man. I, I just try and make sure I'm hydrated enough, and I I take care of uh, practical things related to my body. Mm-hmm. I make sure I don't have to go to the bathroom. I make sure my shoelaces are tight. I make sure my flies up. My yeah. belt is where I want it. <laughs> Those fair, are the things fair, I care that, about. I, I love that. <laughs> that's just so, going on stage. That's so brilliant. Yeah, I love that. That's it. I like to feel snug in my clothing. Absolutely. I I have <laughs> one final question before I let you on your way, and I'm so fucking grateful to spend the last hour with you. Um, and that is a question I've asked every guest in the last three years, and it's a fairly simple question, but it's important because it's your answer. And that is, what is the best thing about being a musician, in your opinion? Man, um, the best thing about being a musician is, is get, you get to be yourself for a living. And um, that can also be the worst thing about being a musician. But uh, yeah, the um, like exploration of yourself and your own wounds and the healing of those wounds is all human shit that you have to do anyway. But if you're a musician, you're an artist and you get to do it in a creative way. Lovely stuff. Um, be motherfucking Dolan on the Nevermind Polly podcast, everybody. Thank you so much, my friend. This has been a fucking yeah. pleasure. Is there anything that we've missed? Anything you like to plug? Anything you want to say at the end of the podcast before we? He's just absolutely just going to sneeze all over his lovely share microphone. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I muted myself though. No, it's all good. You did. You did. Like a like a pro, pro, pro streamer shit. Pro streamer shit. Literally. <laughs> Uh, nah, I mean, the tour dates are all at imbdolan.com. Hold up. <clears throat> My voice got so shitty right at the end. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're nearly uh, there. We're no. nearly there. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, <laughs> imbdolan.com has got all the tour dates and ticket links that are on sale. And that's the important thing right now. Come, come see me when I'm out there. Absolutely. I this is gonna go out pretty much immediately after we've recorded in a couple of days. So I will send you all links okay. and stuff via email so Dope. you can have that. But uh thank you, mate. This has been a fucking pleasure and an honor. So yeah, stay yeah. sick and I will see you. Uh, I'm hoping to catch you at London show. I'm definitely going to um uh Sage your show because I've got that booked uh with work. I'm just trying to get your your date booked as well. So yeah. Don't miss it. London show's gonna be huge. It's gonna be good. Right. And also right, one thing I was gonna say as a thank yeah. you. I'll buy you a beverage of your choice because that's what I do for people because time is money all right. and all that shit. So thank you, all brother. Right. Awesome. I'll think about it. Peace. Peace, man. See you later. Bye. Bye.